mostly about this chapter is going to be mostly about cognitive mistakes, cognitive avodazara uh, before the actions of avodazara, the kind of thoughts that one may not have relating to avodazara, and as an appendix to this, and because this mitzvah fits here better than any other chapter of the 1,000 chapters of Mishneh Torah, the chapter will also deal with blasphemy, which, as we are going to explain, has many of the same characteristics as Avodah Zarah. Halakha Alef. Haikar ha-sivui ba-Avodah Zarah, shelo la-avod ehad mikol ha-beruim, lo mal-ach, ולא גלגל, ולא כוכב, ולא אחד מארבע היסודות, ולא אחד מכל הנבראים מהם. The, the root of עבודה זרה, the original, the basic form of עבודה זרה, is worshipping any creature. Uh, it could be an angel, it could be a, a, um, an orbit, a cosmic, cosmical orbit, it could be a star, it could be one of the four, one of the four elements or something made of one of the four elements, or anything that <coughs> was created. Uh, I, I'm going to add, it could be yourself. Yourself is also, is the most common form of Avodah Zarazir, as we're going to see. <laughs> And even if the person who is worshipping knows in his mind that the true God is the creator, is God, and the only reason he is worshipping, say, the sun or the moon, is in order to serve God through one of these intermediaries, like Enosh and his generation started doing, as we explained yesterday, this is doing Avodah Zarah. V'inyan zeu sh'izhir ha-Torah ala ve'amera, u'fentisa e'necha ha-shamayma, v'raita et ha-shemesh v'et ha-yareach v'et ha-kochavim asher halak ha-shem elokecha otam l'chol ha-amim. And this is what the Torah warned about and said, lest you lift your eyes towards the heavens and you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, that God gave to all the other nations. In other words, it's as if the Torah understands that God put them there, uh, understanding that the nations are going to worship them. Klomar, Shemet ashut be'ain libecha v'tir'eshe eluhena managin et ha'olam. In other words, what the Torah is warning about is, lest you start in your mind making this mistake, and trying to, to, and reaching that conclusion that given that these uh, astrophysical elements are the ones that are responsible more immediately for what goes on in this world, there is light because the sun is there, there is warmth because the sun is there, there is a little bit of light at night because of the moon, there is tidal waves because of the moon. And it 
and you are going to say, hey, God put them there for a reason. God put the sun and the moon there in the in in um, in the in 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 the heavens in order to guide all things that that other were that otherwise that otherwise uh, are 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 not eternal in this world as we explained in Chodesh Torah, uh, the belief then was that the stars the moon the sun are made of ether of the fifth element and they stayed stable forever whereas things happening on the earth were not were not very stable so in other words, the Torah is saying, Torah is saying, not only do not do avodazara, but also do not look up to the sky and start thinking, having thoughts that will lead you to avodazara conclusions. And on this on this very point, Moshe Rabbeinu prescribed us when he said, as as we as we read it every single morning and every single night be careful lest your heart lest your heart starts uh, tending towards these beliefs as if to say or to say that you shall not make this mistake this cognitive mistake inside your heart that will bring you to worship this so that they become or in a way that they become a broker an intermediary between the creator and you there is many compositions many books that were written on how to do avodazara what is the, the most basic form of that worship? What are the rules? What are the rights? And God wants us, He prescribed us not to read those books at all, those books instructing how to do Avodazara. And that we shouldn't think about Avodazara or about any one of his, its details even to pass by a statute that is worshipped some form that is worshipped and start looking at it I have to point out Lihistakel is not the same as Lirot Lirot in Hebrew means to see Lihistakel means to look very intently very deliberately so that kind of a look is forbidden. In other words, I'm not allowed to go and, um, let's say, to a, a Buddha statue, next to a Buddha statue, and start looking at it and examining it and really paying attention to it with my eyes. And, and another, another footnote, um, it's very tempting to think that nothing happens if you just see something. But the truth of the matter is, things that we see with our eyes, uh, be it uh, on TV, be it on a computer, um, on the streets, things that, that we see with our eyes most assuredly affect our subconscious and they affect the way we, we think about things 
and they they pretty much rewire us and they create different biases and the way we are going to think is going to be different from that moment and on so uh, the, the torah wants us to be careful also in not deriving in not looking intently not being mistakel on avodazara it says in vayikra altifnu lifnot literally means to face do not face the idols in other words do not look at them and on this matter Moshe Rabbeinu also says he warned us in Devarim he said and lest you start investigating about their gods and you start asking let me see how this certain Avodazara is to be worshipped. Let me try to understand what exactly are the rites, what are their halachot, etc. Not to ask what its proper way of worship is. Even if you don't actually come to do that worship, to engage in the actual acts. Because this causes you to go after it and imitate those actions and the pasuk continues saying how will i uh, so that the the warning is lest you go out and start investigating how they do avodazara because you're going to end up using that information uh, in your actions and all of these prohibitions they have one theme one aim in common one meaning and that is not to go after avodazara and whoever does go after it and very important point and does it through an action if he does it through an action then this person will be liable for malkut which is lashes now the first uh, appendix of this chapter and then the second one the first appendix is on the also in the Shema Israel and uh, this is not to go after your mind also for other things not only for avodazara and the details of how to do the avodazara but also for uh, some other thoughts that contradict yesodeh torah not only avodazara is forbidden to conclude it in our thoughts but also any thought any thought process that will lead to a conclusion or that or that can lead to a conclusion that contradicts one of the principles that we discuss in we were warned not to conclude it in our heart and uh, we should not get lost in these thought processes and and be led 
to, to other places. And we have to understand that the human mind is limited and we are not always in full control of what we think. Just like we, what we see affects our subconscious, what we think also affects our subconscious. And what I mean by affects our subconscious is it wires us in a way, it reprograms us. So everything we see, everything we think from that moment and on is colored by this basic, basic programming that, that, we, that we rewired. ואם יימשך כל אדם אחר מחשבות ליבו, נמצא מחריף את העולם לפי כוס הדעתו. And if man did not have mental discipline to control his thoughts, someone who doesn't have this discipline, who every day is concluding something else, and does not have basis on which to base his thought processes, and which basis he doesn't question from one day to the other, this leads to ruining the world. And indeed, the world is based on, more than anything else, on rationality and rational thinking. Rational thinking is logical sequences, but they always start with a premise. You always start by a base. And from that base, logically, you can advance, you can build. That base itself is not proven and if it were to be questioned, everything that you built on top of it could also collapse. So it's not a recipe for a good world. It's not a recipe for a healthy society. Kesad, how so? A person, if he's not disciplined, sometimes he could uh, wake up thinking that Avodah Zara is the correct way. Another day he'll wake up thinking about the, the the oneness of Hashem, Shemehu Shemeino, maybe he is there, maybe he's not there. Malemala, Malemata, what is above, what is below, Malefanim Malehor, what happened before, what will happen later. Sometimes about the prophecy, maybe the Torah is true, maybe the Torah is not true. Sorry, sometimes on the Torah. Uh, some, maybe it is given from the heavens, maybe it's not. And this person doesn't have the proper etymological, epistemological tools, sorry, epistemological tools, which means he doesn't have the right processes, the right, um, the, 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 the right uh, approach to acquire truth. If a person questions constantly the basis of his thoughts, eventually he's going to find his way towards minut. Minut is, uh, it, it's also a generic term for all of the heretic kind of thoughts and, and, uh, and approaches and attitudes. But specifically, min is someone who, who um, cannot conceive of a holistic world, who cannot conceive of a God that is both uh, above everything and and beyond everything, and at the same time supervises the world. So they, the Minim tend to either go to one side or to the other, either believe that God is totally unapproachable, totally outside this realm, uh, doesn't care about us, more, more, more or less like uh, Aristotle's God, or 
a god that is uh, that is just uh, you know your body and uh, he loves you you love him and he's just like you and uh, you can make him upset you can make him angry he can become happy and uh, and then many times the minim in reality what they do is they actually believe in two gods sometimes without realizing it but that's what minim are um many religions including christianity are a form of minut uh, where they have this uh, duality um between for example satan and and what they call god gimal this is what the Torah warned when it says, You shall not go astray after your heart or after your eyes, because you get corrupted at the end. At the end, if you follow your, if you leave your eyes and mind undisciplined, it's going to corrupt your whole mind. In other words, a person should not just go after means the first impulsive thoughts, the first thought, those sparks that sometimes invade our mind. If you follow each of those clues and you make from them a train of thought, um, you're not going to arrive to the emet. That's what Chachamim said the following, uh, what does it mean to go after your heart? That is minut, that is heresy, that is thoughts that contradict the principles of Judaism. After your eyes, it's, uh, it's uh, um, um, sexual immorality. And this prohibition, although it causes the person to lose his olam haba, it really ruins your nefesh, it ruins the way you perceive. It doesn't have any tangible action. In fact, it doesn't have anything that witnesses can testify about. And therefore, it has no punishment by a court. and if you make this mistake, in other words, talking about Avodah Zarah, and you don't do all of these misvot, so Chachamim learned from here that uh, making a mistake in Avodah Zarah, it's as if not doing all of the mitzvot, is the basis of all the mitzvot. Uh, as we said yesterday, the mitzvot have the aim of saving us, rescuing us from the need to, from, from needing to satisfy our subconscious needs through Avodah Zarah. And therefore, on, on the other hand, not on the other hand, but as a consequence, whoever admits to Avodah Zarah, whoever recognizes Avodah Zarah, is rejecting the entire Torah and everything that the prophets said from Adam Arishon until the end of time, all of that can be undermined by Avodah Zarah. Shene Emar, min hayom asher Adonai v'hal al as it says in that same paragraph, that's in passage of the Torah, 
ולא תעשו את כל המצוות, and if you don't do all of these מצוות, then it continues saying, from the day that God started prescribing, and forever and ever, in other words, it will be as if you are rejecting all the prophetic messages from the beginning of time and until the end of time. Now on the other hand, whoever rejects Avodah Zarah, is necessarily admitting to the entire Torah, and this is the root of all the misvot, as we said before. Now, two meanings of Number one, the simple meaning is that, yes, if, uh, if say, someone who is, uh, who is not Jewish, or someone who is Jewish, and they come to the conclusion, they, they prove that Avodah Zarah is, uh, is fake, then it's as if they are fulfilling the entire Torah. Another way of approaching it is that if someone rejects Avodah Zarah, the only way to truly reject Avodah Zarah is by fulfilling all the mitzvot. There is no other way. Uh, if you, in your mind, reject Avodah Zarah but are not doing the mitzvot, then is that rejection really full, really... Uh, genuine and, and complete, if you truly believed that God is the only one who can prescribe how to be worshipped and that every other form of worship is forbidden, then by extension you would be doing that which God prescribed. So I think that that might be one of the things that, that, that this can be read to me. Now consequences. A Jew that becomes like a goy, like a non-Jew. He's excluded from the Jewish club. He loses his membership. It's not like a Jew that uh, transgresses something that has sekila, for example, Shabbat. It's not like not being Shomer Shabbat. I'm going to be careful there. Shabbat actually... Uh, there is something similar about that, but let's say another avera that uh, that has uh, that has sekila. And whoever is known to have committed to doing avodah zara, he's also assumed. The presumption is he's committed to not do any of the misvot. In other words. Uh, a, a Jew that uh, decided to to uh, commit to Buddhism, um, and then uh, then we we assume the presumption is that he also committed to not keep kosher, to not do Shabbat, and so on and so forth. Vechen haminim Israel, not only Avodah Zarah but also the heretics. Haminim, we explain what it means. Enanke Israel they are not uh, like Jews for anything. And we, the community, can never accept them back in Teshuvah. If someone became a heretic, was vocal about his or her beliefs, and then wants to do Teshuvah, we, the community, we have to have the presumption that this Teshuvah is not genuine. Of course, if the Teshuvah is genuine, God... And God knows what is and what isn't. God will always receive back anyone who who wishes to go back in teshuvah. But we, as a community, 
we don't read thoughts. So the halakha says our presumption is someone who went, who crossed a certain line, uh, this was a one-way street and there is no way back. As it is said, in Mishle there is a metaphor, a parable about a certain uh, a certain prostitute and it says it says about this prostitute in Mishle, anyone who comes to her, this was a euphemism, uh, will never return and will never go back to attain the ways of life, the paths of, of a healthy life. Uh, the, the mashal is that, uh, in that case, that prostitute, whoever went there is, is sort of like trapped, uh, could could mean that uh, you know that there is some actions that have no way of of being repaired. Um, but uh, the metaphor of that prostitute in in Mishle is for avodazara, is for a woman that is not your wife. The woman that is your wife, eshet ha'il, is the Torah, is the one you married, that you committed to. Am Israel committed to fulfilling the Torah. That's the system that we are married to. And any other system, Avodazara, is a foreign woman, and that is what the metaphor of uh, Mishle means. So anyone who goes to this woman, in other words, anyone who does Avodazara, can never return. And what, how do we know who is a mean? So these are the ones, not only the, that, that have these thoughts and follow these thoughts like we described, but also they, they, they actively and openly transgress Gufet Torah, uh, the, the principles of Torah or things that everyone agrees about Torah, uh, proudly, openly, and they say, there is nothing to it. The Torah is not true anyways. And it's forbidden to have discussions with them, or to debate them. It was said also in this same metaphor of the father warning the son about the prostitute in Mishle. Don't even come close to the, the, the door of her house. And the presumption is, any thoughts, any intention that the mean might have, we assume, we presume, it's dedicated or it will lead towards Avodazara. Megadef, second appendix of this chapter. Megadef is the blasphemous person, the one who curses God openly. By recognizing, by admitting to, acknowledging Avodazara, a person is blaspheming God. That's an effect of doing Avodazara, you are blaspheming God. And therefore, it's the same thing to do Avodazara or to actually curse God. It is said about Avodazara and that individual, that person who might do this proudly, do the Avodazara proudly, from the citizenry, from the citizenry of of Israel, 
He's cursing God. That's why um, when someone does avodah zara, uh, and, and when someone curses, one of the things that they used to do when they had capital punishment is if the person was executed, then they would display the body uh, for for a few hours, so everyone so it's publicized that what they did deserves capital punishment. And the capital punishment that goes for the one who curses God and the one who does Avodah Zarah is in both cases Sekila, which is death by stoning. And that's why, says Arambam, I included Megadef, the laws of a blasphemous person, with Avodah Zarah, because both of them are rejecting the principle of, uh, of God. And these are the rules of the Megadef. This is going to go a little quicker. The Megadef is only liable once he explicitly curses the name of God that is pronounced Adonai, Alef Dalet Nun Yod. And and then and then he um, he curses vivarech vivarech is a euphemism and he curses this name uh, using one of these names that cannot be erased. As it is said, the one who curses the name of God shall be put to death. And if the person curses any name that is not one of the seven names that we said in Chotis Yudah Torah that cannot be erased, Hashem, um, a few variations of Elohim, Eloah, El, uh, and then Shaddai and Sevaot. So any of those seven names um, would constitute blasphemy if someone curses one of those names. And uh, any other uh, adjective that's used for Hashem, like Rahum, Hanun, Erechapaim, uh, is not enough for Sekila, for the, for the death penalty, but it is enough for Malkut. And Harambam says here something that is extremely, extremely telling. He says, some people say that the only name for which one is liable on the capital punishment is Yod He Vav He, which is Shema Meforash. But I say that it's also Aleph Dalet Nun Yod, that, that, that a person is Hayav Sekila. Um, And Arambam is saying here, Va'aniyomer, he's saying here, and I think, which tells us that every time Arambam does not say, I think, it means that he has a source for it. Now, it's interesting, the Torah doesn't really say, it doesn't spell out anywhere, you shall not uh, curse, curse God, you shall not curse God. 
Hachamim uh, learning from a pasuk that is from a different context, but the principle is there cannot be a punishment for something that is not explicitly forbidden by the Torah. So there has to be, the Hachamim need to find a source for it in the Torah, and they found it in the pasuk Elohim lo tekalel ve'nasibi'amechalotaor, which could have many meanings, but one of the, the meaning that Torah Shebe'alpeh was decided as having is Elohim is talking about actually God. God, you shall not curse. Now, something interesting, this relates to the last halacha. It seems that the way that people would do this blasphemy, if they would, would be by saying, um, may may uh, a word that signifies God curse or or hurt or kill a word that signifies God. So you had to use God or a name of God twice, as as in this euphemism that is being said here. So what this halacha is saying is the way the witnesses come and testify about what happened is not by repeating the whole blasphem blasphemous thing once again to the court, uh, rather they say it in a, in a euphemism kind of way, uh, that, that they heard this person saying, let Yose strike Yose. Yose is, is a name of a person, is a human name, but obviously it's a euphemism for the name of God. So that explains what I was trying to say, that uh, this is probably the way that this blasphemy used to be formulated. Once it was decided, it was established that the person is liable, then everyone comes out, only the Bedin and the two witnesses stay inside. And then they ask the witness and they say, okay, now say exactly what you heard, the whole matter. And he says, repeats exactly the blasphemous sentence. And then the, the judges stand up, they do keri'ah, which is tearing their garments, and they never uh, repair those garments. The second witness should only say, uh, I heard the same thing he heard. He doesn't have to repeat, he should not repeat the whole thing. If there were many witnesses, each of them should say, uh, this is what I heard too. If someone, someone who, who blasphemes and then immediately says, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it, it doesn't matter once he said it, again, like, like doing Avodah once you cross a certain line, there's no going back, and, uh, and he might be liable for the death penalty. Now, the Yose, Yake Yose et Yose, so imagine that the first Yose did not come to represent the name of God, but you say, let, uh, let this Avodazara, let Marculis um, strike, uh, God forbid, God, right? If you say that, then you are not uh, blaspheming in, in this sense, 
because to blaspheme is to say that uh, as if to say god will hurt himself um but uh but kanaimbo gaimbo it's so offensive to am israel that if someone acts upon it if someone uh, commits a, a killing of passion following this kind of a statement that person is not guilty of murder that's kanaimbo gaimbo it's understandable it's justifiable for someone to react violently to someone saying something like this but if they if uh, they want to prosecute him uh, then this person will not be liable in a court anyone who hears the name of god being cursed needs to do kadiah even if it wasn't the name of god but one of the kinuim but this is only if he hears it from a jew if a goy curses it's not as bad as if a jew curses one the one who hears and one the one who hears from the one who heard like what we said about the court but the one who hears from a goy does not need to do kari'ah. And in the times of Hizkiyahu, when the general of Ashur, of the Assyrians, came and surrounded Jerusalem and started saying blasphemous things about God, um, Eliakim and Shevna, when they heard that, they did kari'ah. Ah, Rav Shakeh was the general of a non-Jewish army, of an army that was conquering the Jewish people, wanted to conquer the Jewish people. Yes, but it happens to be Rav Shakeh was Mishumad. He was a formerly a Jew who had joined the enemy. And which, which explains why he would know Hebrew for anyone who is familiar with the passage. Anyone involved in this prosecution of someone who is Megadef, the witnesses, the court, they all should put their hands on the head of the Megadef and they should say, you are the one who caused upon yourself the death penalty. The only uh, person who is killed by a court and and for whom we do this that everyone puts their hand on top of his head is Megadeth. This is something the Torah says. All of the ones who heard should put their hands on their on their on on, on this person's um, head. And uh, just one point about the semicha. The semicha symbolizes that this is personal. I, let's say I'm part of a beddin, not only the beddin sentenced you to death, but I personally am I'm, uh, I'm agreeing and I'm using my personal authority or expressing my personal authority, that's what semicha is, by saying that I agree wholeheartedly with this judgment. So with this we finished this chapter and Be'ezrat Hashem tomorrow will do chapter 3 which is um, a little more practical a little more about about practical avodah